Welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the delirious Matt. Hello there. <laughs> we were actually just saying off air um, that uh, we're both kind of actually, you know, appropriate enough for, for, for an episode where we're discussing the Asylum of the Daleks. Um, we're both kind of wondering how mad we've gone. Yeah, the lockdown. lockdown lunacy. Yeah, I mean, within um, three days of lockdown, I had shaved all my hair off, so I think it had hit, you know, hit me earlier than it's maybe hit you. <laughs> well, you say that I've I've been, uh, you know, I'm I, as you know, I'm already a, be- a bearded fellow, but I have done nothing with my beard since I went into lockdown. Mm. At all. See, I've got um, a pretty has full gone... beard, but you, yeah. you hold a pretty lofty beard at the best of times. Yeah. In fact, we don't normally do video. I'm going to quickly just pop on video so you can see the extent, so we can get a live reaction <laughs> to the madness that is my beard right now. All right, so there you go. Oh, wowzers. <laughs> You look like old man time, <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was fairly impressive, you know. The audience aren't to know that we've just wasted five minutes because the internet around us is so bad yeah. that the Skype call just immediately I think, blew up. I feel, I feel like my beard broke the it broke the internet there temporarily. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. I, I I keep telling myself I'm gonna like do some topiary on it and like actually. Rain it in a little bit at some point, but I just every day I'm just like, ah, what's the point? See, mine's become my like primary hobby. Uh, <laughs> I, I oil it, I balm it, I comb it, I cut it. <laughs> I just can't be, I can't be doing with any of that at the best of times, to be honest. But uh, so one thing uh, I did want to talk about, yeah, it, it's been a week. Mm-hmm. Have your thoughts on the twin dilemma altered any? I don't think so. I mean... Do you still I, think I, it's the worst? No, but I never did. I said at the time, I, I think it's it, it ranks lowly for me, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily the worst Doctor Who I've ever seen. I feel like I need to watch classic all the way through at least once more to kind of firmly cement my opinions on a lot of those. I, I'm going to be totally honest. The yep. episode we're talking about today, Asylum of the Daleks, annoyed me more than the Twin Dilemma. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, that's interesting. Shall I tell you my opinion of Asylum of the Daleks? Uh, you'll think it's the best since, since sliced bread, probably. No, I don't, but I do think it's the best Dalek episode uh, since the Series 1 finale. See, part of me wants to agree with you, because all the Dalek stories have been a bit crap. But did you not think this was like the most telegraphed, the most predictable story we've seen? No, honestly, I don't think so. Um, I mean, like, I've the, never seen it twist before, and I'd worked yeah. it out within four minutes. By it, you presumably you mean the twist with the, uh, the plot twist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I'm trying to cast my mind back to when I first watched it whether I saw it coming or not. I think maybe I did, but honestly, even though I did, I still get chills from that moment. The way it's revealed still works for me, if that makes sense. So it's not the shock of it, 
but almost the anticipation like honestly it's a it's a like the hairs on my arm stand up kind of moment it annoys me that the doctor doesn't work it out and even though he does work it out it takes him a lot longer than it should and i would also say that's not the worst thing about this episode I mean, far from it. I mean, I do have my criticisms of it. I don't think it's perfect. I don't think we've had a perfect Dalek story since uh, the first one with with Eccleston. If if you had to say the worst thing about this episode, what would you highlight? Um, I would say it's the fact that um, Amy and Rory's relationship is on the ropes at the start. Oh, you stole mine. That's what I was going to rant about. And then it's just sorted out by the end of the episode. It just happens too quite fast. Well, I, I wanted to highlight that because the best yeah. thing about the last series was Amy and Rory. Mm-hmm. And then here they've had a bit of a falling out. And yeah. I, I know it's explained why. And, you know, I, I've never been in that p- position. It, yeah. I, I can't speak. But I just feel that after everything they've been through, they would sort of be above that i understand that that position i i sort of agree i think for me i would there is a there is a world in which i could more readily accept that storyline but that's if they actually had it play out slowly over the course of an entire series Mm. But but instead what we get is a one minute mini episode sort of hastily setting up the fact that it's maybe not all sunshine and roses in the Pond household mm. um, at but the end of Pond that's not life. even alluded to. Just at the end, there's just some trouble. Yeah, exactly. That's literally all the setup we get for it. Then we get what's done in the episode. And, so, and you know, at the start of the episode, they're ready to sign the divorce papers. Mm. And it's just like, what? Yeah. It just, so it's just, it feels really rushed. And then the fact that it's resolved by the end of the episode. It feels is. entirely out of character. Yeah. It is it is jarring. But having said all that, I love pretty much every other aspect of this story. So that kind of makes up for it. I, I, I find it easier to gloss over, even though that's kind of like the sort of central emotional thread through the story. Because it's just... Pretty much every other aspect of this episode works for me. So... But, you know, your mileage may vary, and it definitely does. I know this is not a universally loved story by any means. It's quite a divisive Not like the twin dilemma. No. Me me and James Courtney love it. Our listener, James (laughs) Courtney, he couldn't get in touch quick enough to say how much he loved it. Yeah. Really? Wow. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, um, that's probably enough preamble for this episode. Should we we, we, uh, get into the nitty-gritty? Go on then. So we're on the first of September, two thousand and twelve. Yeah, we're we're sort of ratcheting closer and closer to the present. And then this is written by Stephen Moffat and Nick. Is it Huron? Nick Huron directing. He's previously done uh, the Girl Who Waited and the God Complex. Oh, so some I've... pretty good ones. I really rate him as a director. I think visually, again, that there is a dynamism to this episode that I think really helps it sort of clip along. So yeah, I, I like the direction in this in this story. Right. So we open in like a post-apocalyptic setting. 
Looks like the opening of Terminator 2, but instead of Terminators, it's just Daleks. And the basically, there's loads of Daleks, the Doctor's dead, and this is all being told to us by a girl. Yeah. Whose daughter is in a Dalek prison. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't work out, is her daughter Oswin or someone else? No, I think it's somebody else. Yeah, it's just a setup, isn't it? Because she yes. ends up being an agent for the Daleks. Yeah, yeah. So, this girl, along with the Doctor, are on Scarrow. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if we've ever really seen that before. I've heard it not mentioned, in, I know what it is. Not in the news series, no. Yeah. Um, this is our first visit to Scarrow. Yeah. Hadn't thought about that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the Doctor's very suspicious of her, because it's a trap, mm-hmm. and she is a Dalek. But she's like a Dalek woman? Yeah, so what do you think of that as a concept? Hate it. Hate it. Yeah. This, this is like in, I think it's the, th- the second or third Transformers film, where all of a mm-hmm. sudden the Transformers could just be people. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm less familiar with the Transformers oeuvre than you. But like, um, it, it makes sense yeah. that the Daleks upgrade and become more dynamic, but then at the same time... There's only like four of these, and they're not the best Daleks. Well, that's because they're disposable. They're puppets, as as the Doctor refers to them. They're not the the aim with it is not to create a a superior Dalek. Because I mean, no, but it's a better casing than like the wheelie bins that they go around. Well, you say that, but but we saw that explored in uh, Evolution of the Daleks. Do you remember that Daleks in Manhattan? Mm. That storyline. There's there's a part in this where. you know, like the old joke that Daleks can't go upstairs, but then we've seen that they fly. There's they a bit in this can, yeah. where they just everyone just crawls through a very low down gap to escape the Daleks. <laughs> yeah, so that definitely is more of a design flaw. They can't bend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so basically, we reach the point. I think it's the titles at this point, and we see that Daleks can now take human form. I mean, to say, they basically it's it's more just I feel like they they empty out a, a person, stick a bit of basic Dalek tech in them, and they can use them as as a, as a stooge hmm. if they need. Do we, to do we ever see this infiltrate. in any future Dalek stories? Maybe. All right. So this is where <laughs> we cut back to Amy, and she's a supermodel. So we yeah. saw that, didn't we, in closing time? That she's like yeah, her, her modelling career is continuing. Yep. And she's divorcing Rory. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really know why yet, but they, they've had a big falling out, that much is clear. Yeah. It's feel, it really does feel jarring in that moment, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Even with watching the Pond Life setup, where you know that it, there's a bit of trouble at home, it still feels like, what? You know, they're just... It, mm, yeah. But she has a little sit-down... And she's going to sign the papers, and she's talking to her makeup artist. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that that lady is also a Dalek. Yeah. And Rory is on his way home in a sulk. And can I just say, I don't know how long it was between this and the last episode. I really like Rory's hair. Rory looks really handsome in this episode. <laughs> yeah, he's got a bit of a sort of indie band haircut, hasn't he? Yeah. So he's getting the bus home, and the bus driver. Is a Dalek. Mm-hmm. So they all end up on a Dalek ship. And yeah. again, this is just a little bit convenient for my liking. 
So obviously they haven't seen the Doctor since Christmas. Mm-hmm. And they're at loggerheads with one another. They're not seeing eye to eye. But then just in this moment, they're all like, oh, great. Back to our old adventuring ways. Best make friends just to get out of this pickle. You know, mm. it's inconsistent how much it's applied, whether Rory and Amy like each other and, you know, the fact... I know that I they think... had Christmas dinner together, but they haven't seen the Doctor in a while. I guess I guess the thing is, it's like... People do bond in adversity, don't they? Mm. You know, so... And I guess when, when they've got prior experience, they, they know what kind of situation they're in. It's just like... Right, well, we, you know, we kind of going to have to put that to one side a bit. You know, now's not the time for, for squabbling about, you know, divorce details mm. when you when you're literally surrounded by Daleks. So, and they are. Can we talk about the Daleks here? Cause, yeah. Cause, so here we're on yeah. a Dalek ship, and it's yes. the Parliament of the Daleks. I don't think we've seen it this is. either. No, we haven't, and I tell you what, we haven't seen so far in the new series is a whole load of different Daleks. Mm. So you have got Daleks in this in these shots running the entire gamut from nineteen sixty three to the the present at the time that it, this was made, and in amongst them is Russell T Davis's own private Dalek. Oh, really. Yeah, because he he had a replica Dalek that he that I think he had like prior to starting working on the show, and the producers were aware of it, and they asked him if they could borrow it, so they shipped it off up to Cardiff. Wow! Um, like it was a big part of the production of this story was like tracking down various existing models of of Daleks from like because they they are mostly in the hands of private collectors and museums and things like that. Um, there's one in uh, Forbidden Planet in London. There's, there's one in uh, our local okay. town. I don't know who it is, but our local town has one of those Facebook groups where everyone just goes moaning about not getting yeah. their bins picked up. Mm-hmm. And there's always just random photos of just like a Dalek going down the street. Wow. Or like <laughs> in someone's front window. I had no idea. I wonder if it's a genuine one or a replica. Yeah. I'd love to um, see it. And then yeah, spit on it. But, but anyway, so that's that's quite nice because obviously in the RTD era, they were all just kind of bronze. Yeah, you didn't really get much variation with the Daleks. Um, and then obviously in series five, we had the new Paradigm Daleks, which didn't last hmm. <laughs> um, with the, the sort of the big chunky primary coloured ones. Um, so it's quite nice to see some old school Daleks, you know rubbing shoulders with some of the newer ones and stuff mm. or rubbing whatever those things are that they have <laughs> so <laughs> in amongst the parliament of the daleks yeah they asked the doctor to save them yes so i don't know i don't think we get the actual plot at this point we just get them all chatting no. save yeah. us yeah, because I and and uh, yeah, it's the last moment before the the title sequence, and you know the Doctor's reaction I think sums out quite nicely. He just says, "Well, this is new." Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we're introduced to Oswin. Yeah. Who is a girl in like a fallout shelter bunker type place, mm-hmm. under siege from Daleks. Yeah. And. Uh... 
Yeah, she's sort of just... She's like doing... Is it like a sort of audio diary or something? Yeah, so she's recording messages to her mum, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Just to... uh, Presumably just to keep herself sane. Mm. I think we can can all relate to this to some extent. Yeah. (laughs) Right now. Uh, And she's she's taken up making souffles. Mm. And as the doctor later says, where should she get the milk and eggs from? Mm. So, the Dalek Prime Minister... Probably more use than our current prime minister talks to <laughs> talks to the doctor Actually, that and knows. Let's, says, let's linger on "Stay that at home, a don't go to work. You can meet your family in the park." <laughs> Would you prefer right now to have a Dalek in charge to well, Boris Johnson? I, I'm sure there's a joke in there, isn't there? Like, would you yeah. rather have a slimy mutant monster <laughs> or a Dalek? <laughs> um. I don't know, at least the Dalek Prime Minister seems to see sense. <laughs> it, they've certainly, you know, they, they, they're good at scheming and enacting plans. Mm. I mean, they do. Their, their plans are generally thwarted by the Doctor, yeah. but at least they, they have a plan yeah. most of the time. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, so the Dalek Prime Minister talks to the Doctor about the asylum. Yeah. So... Long story short, it's like a dumping ground for waste Daleks that are flawed mm-hmm. or however when and they're again, created. I, I just love that as a concept. Just a bit. It's a cool <laughs> big old Dalek bin. Yeah. Um, the thing is, later we see Daleks like chained up. How how do they get chained up? Because there doesn't seem to be like Dalek policemen. Like, no, but they've got the, they've got the human puppets and and whatever because the whole thing is you've got that sort of nanotech field. So any other living organism that that ends up on the surface of that planet just becomes absorbed and becomes part of its security mm. system. Ah, oh, right. I maybe missed that bit. It's one of those sort of babbly bits that's quite easy to gloss over. I think, yeah. So at this point, we hear some music being played from the heart of the asylum by Oswin. Mm-hmm. Lovely bit of Bizet. And I don't know why, but for some reason, up until later in the episode, I've just written all my notes that I thought Oswin's name was Carmen. Oh, it's because uh, the Doctor nicknames her that because she's playing uh, excerpts from from the opera Carmen. Ah, right. By Bizet. So, like I've put here, the Doctor speaks to Carmen, but I just didn't get that reference. Yeah, no. So, Oswin's ship is shipwrecked on the asylum. Yeah. Um, so, I think, does she say she's been there the best part of a year? Yeah, that's what she says. And she's been hiding away from the Daleks. Mm-hmm. So, the Doctor works out that if she can get in, then there are flawed Daleks on that planet that can possibly get out. Mm-hmm. So, the Daleks don't want this genetic taint to get out into the galaxy... Uh, but they also want the Doctor to rectify this issue. That, yeah. That this person is trapped there playing this horrible music that's annoying them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bit of a weak setup. But the Daleks then refer to the Doctor as Predator. Mm-hmm. Which um, is a new one. Yeah. I, I prefer the Incoming Storm. I think that's a great nickname. It is a, it's, it's, it's pretty solid, isn't it? Yeah. Um, as nicknames go. So, I would like it if I would like it if if someone, I think you know I've never had a nickname. That's a thing about me. Mm. 
I have literally never had a nickname. And it seems such a missed opportunity because my actual name is so boring. <laughs> See, I, I've got another friend. One of my closest friends is also called Matthew. So we just got called yeah. by our surnames. Mm-hmm. And that was it. All right, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Tucker, that's quite, that's quite an easy nicknameable surname, isn't it? Yeah, because, you but know, I, I didn't my... say my surname on purpose, David, because I didn't want our creepy fans to like find me on Facebook and try talking to uh. me. Sorry, I mean, we can edit that, that's fine. No, it's fine. It's just fine. I mean, they, they, I've they seen what they it... look like in their pictures, <laughs> I'm not scared of them. We, I mean, they, they'd have a hard time tracking me down, because I'll give you my name, David Edwards. Good luck finding me out of the billion <laughs> other David Edwardses on, on the internet. Yeah. I don't know, so yeah, like, I don't like think say, we've ever not... revealed our names, have we? I don't think we have. Yeah, people all slowly be piecing it together. You know, we, the, the various clues we've yeah. dropped about where we are. Yeah, um, I mean, I didn't even name our hometown earlier. So <laughs> you did, but you have previously told us what what uh, factories you live in the vicinity of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As if anyone's cross referencing. <laughs> <laughs> Someone will be. I don't know. Someone I, will I, have a notebook. I, I can't speak for you, David, but. I'll just talk to the listeners when I say, don't get in touch. I'm not interested. <laughs> you know, anyway, I'll send you a um, nice message on Twitter when you follow us, and I'll ask your opinions on certain things, but I don't want to be your mate. Whereas I, so long as the subject is, is Doctor Who and Doctor Who alone, I will talk to anyone, anywhere, anytime. Yeah. That's why I do this podcast, to keep you safe. <laughs> <laughs> Be wary right. of stranger danger. <laughs> Indeed. So, when they get to the planet, it's all icy. Yeah. And a chap called Harvey finds Amy. Mm-hmm. And they, they've sort of landed separate, haven't they? Amy, the Doctor, yeah. and Rory. So, yeah. So, Amy and Harvey are sort of together. The Doctor's talking to Oswin, and... Mm-hmm. To a little tube that's like, um, I mean, you may not get this reference because, you know, but I have a toddler. So, you know, there's, it, it's genuinely, it looks like it's just been nicked off the set of the Teletubbies. That little sort of speaker tube that comes up. Okay. Out of the ground. Okay. Uh, I, I do know what you mean. The ones that, yeah. like, come up and say, time for the Teletubbies. Yeah, yeah, or time yeah. for Tubby bye-bye at the end. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So... There's Amy and Harvey, joined by the Doctor, and when they look for Rory, he was beamed below the surface. Yeah. So, did he create this hole, or was it just a million in one shot that when he got sent down to the planet's think, surface, it was just where there was a big hole? I think the latter, but yeah, like, it's... Once again, the, you know, Rory is just... Uh, has the worst luck of the three of them. He was also the only one who ended up sort of upside down when he was being beamed onto the planet as well. Yeah. So, so he's yeah. below the surface and there's loads of old rusty knackered Daleks. Mm-hmm. It looks a bit like he's in some sort of storage warehouse with them all. Mm-hmm. I really love the look of the broken Daleks. Mm. Well, we'll get onto them mm. a little bit later. So Harvey says that he landed here two days ago when his ship crashed but the doctor works out Oswin's been here a year so something's not as it seems mm-hmm. and it's because Harvey is a Dalek well again it's one of their one of their little 
meat puppet Daleks. So yeah, all the dead people are angry Dalek robots as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because there there are some other in inverted commas survivors on the ship that then immediately prove to actually be, yeah, just decomposed uh, bodies. So they're basically skeletons, aren't they? Mm. So, so Amy and the Doctor run away, mm-hmm. and it's at this point he starts asking Amy about Rory, and she just simply says that they've split up. Yeah. So we're sort of building to finding out what's gone on there. I thought that was going to be this season's arc. But it's... What, find Rory? No, just like find oh. out what happened. Like, mm. has there been something going on whilst the Doctor's not been there? Right. Um, but then, whilst they're talking, the Doctor realises Amy doesn't have her protective bracelet. I should have mentioned these earlier. So yeah. they were each given a bracelet that was going to allow them to get through the planet shield safely and it would protect them. So it's yeah, specifically it is protecting them from the um uh nanogenes mm-hmm. which obviously is a technology we we've set up previously in Doctor Who way back in series 1. Mm-hmm. Um and that is in, in the case of the, this planet, it, they have been programmed to basically hijack any living organism that is not Dalek to turn it into one of these zombie Dalek puppets, basically, yeah. to to become part of the, the planet's security system and uh, all the rest of it. So, yeah, without those bracelets, they're going to become uh, Dalek zombies. So we cut back to Rory, who is, you know, in amongst old Daleks, Mm-hmm. And he starts talking to one of them about eggs. Yeah, and he's just going, eggs. You know, eggs. He, how did he not see where that was going? Well, he's never met a Dalek before. Has he not? No. Oh, well, he should know. Oh, actually, hang on. I'm trying to think. Maybe, no, he did. He did in uh, The Big Bang, didn't he? In the museum. Oh, yes. Yes, he did. Yeah, so he did. Yeah, so no, I was talking out my house there. Um, yeah, he should have seen that coming. Absolutely. But ha- having said that, that scene with Rory surrounded by the broken Daleks that then turned out to be not quite as broken as one might hope, I think is the creepiest and scariest Daleks have been in the show since their first appearance. Really? Um, well, by by which I mean the first appearance in in series one of the revived series, not not taking into consideration classic, mm-hmm. but yeah, honestly, I don't think they are they have ever been creepier um, than in that moment. So they begin to attack him, mm-hmm. and he manages to sort of run through. Is it at this point Oswin's talking to him, telling him which way to go? Yeah, she's sort of she's it's a. <laughs> touch of nightmare about it isn't there she's just sort of guiding <laughs> him through this this labyrinth of uh, of daleks yeah so cut back and to do, doing doing a bit doing a bit of sort of uh like awkward flirting with him mm. over the uh, which is yeah very moffaty dialogue isn't it very yeah. moffaty it's about all i can say for that so we cut back to amy and the doctor and Amy's memory is being overwritten by the Daleks. Mm-hmm. 
and she sees because like she's, weird she's, old tiny people. Yeah, because she's she's lost her bracelet, and yeah. so it's as the doctor explains. The way the process works is the physical changes come later. The first thing is it starts to sort of hollow you out mm. and kind of... So it's like like, like her perception is failing at this point. Yeah, yeah. She's basically... She's tripping, basically, isn't she? Mm. She's just... Um, yeah, a beautifully shot um, little scene. You know, it's all quite... It's slow motion and you've got these sort of... Yeah, people chatting and a sort of little girl in a ballerina costume mm. and uh, yeah, it's kind of weird and haunting and, and, and strange. I, again, say what you like about the script. The direction is, I think is pretty much flawless in this episode. So in amongst all this, other Daleks are beginning to attack the doctor and Amy. Cause I think they're just about reunited with Rory now. Uh, yeah. So one of the Daleks, begins to self-destruct because it hasn't got a pr- appropriate weapon to attack the Doctor with. Mm-hmm. So the Doctor just kicks it with his sonic screwdriver, doesn't he, into reverse and shoots yeah. it in amongst all the other Daleks to blow all them up as well. Oh, I love that moment. Why have a Dalek story if you're not going to blow some Daleks up in it? Yeah. And, yeah. So... That's... They all reunite, but the Doctor's mm-hmm. really wary of Oswin. Keeps sending them messages. And as we mm-hmm. said earlier, where's she getting all the milk for a souffle? That's the one sort of mystery mm-hmm. the Doctor can't solve. Yeah, and the first time he says it, like it, it's, it, it, you know, it seems like a joke. It's just like, oh, silly Doctor, you know, focusing on the wrong things. But... It kind of it really nags at him, mm-hmm. and so you 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 were you were saying you basically you'd figured it out by that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I just felt. Uh, well, I'll I'll tell you at the end because we haven't reached that point in the. Plot. All right. Okay. Okay. So, they work out that there is a teleporter, mm-hmm. but before leaving, the doctor speaks to Oswin, and they're going to rescue her. So he goes alone. Yeah. And Leaving Rory and Amy behind, Rory gives Amy his bracelet because the Daleks subtract love and he feels he has more love for Amy than she does for him. Mm-hmm. Then Amy slaps him. Yeah. And this is where we get sort of the revelation of what's gone on. So it, at Demon's Run, whatever they did to her means that she can't have children. Yeah. So she didn't leave Rory, she sort of freed him. I think she says she gave him up. Yeah, because he's always wanted kids. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it glosses over the fact that they've got a kid. Yeah. She just happens to be older than both of them put together. Yeah, I, 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 I do have a lot of problems with this aspect, I, I will say. Because, as I say, there is a there is a scenario in which I would have accepted a storyline where there is a breakdown of Amy and Rory's marriage and then the Doctor has to kind of play Cupid and, and piece them back together. I would be on board with that. Mm. But one, it needs to be less rushed. And two, I, I, I find it quite upsetting um, that, that Moffat went with this as the trigger for... The, their breakup because I mean it for one it's um 
as you say, River is, you know, yes, it's unconventional, but, you know, they do have a child. And and also, why not adopt? Like, yeah. That is the, that is always a route for for couples that love one another and want to have the experience of rearing a child together. They would be perfect candidates yeah. for adoption. <laughs> so, I think it's a little unfair to and I I'm you know I'm I'm not personally, but I I couldn't imagine what it must feel like if you were an, an adopted uh, person watching that scene and. I don't know. I mean, I guess everyone's different. I just feel like that's that to me doesn't ring true as a breakdown, a, a reason for a breakdown of a marriage. Because if they really loved each other, they would at least be having those discussions. But I, I also feel I don't know. You know, it just even if they decided they weren't going to be married anymore, mm. they would be civil based on their experiences. I just don't yeah. see... And they're, they're both nice people. Mm. <laughs> you know? and, and as is made very clear in this episode, they both still actually love each other. I don't... I don't know. It just... It, it, it feels so messy and out of place. Mm. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So, Amy slaps him and it turns out that the doctor gave Amy his bracelet. So he knew yeah. he was going to leave Amy and Rory together, forcing them to talk. And he sort of gives them a cheeky wave and a wink as he mm-hmm. walks off, doesn't he? Yeah, straightens his bow tie. So he enters Dalek Intensive Care. Mm-hmm. And it's odd that it's called Intensive Care when it's actually just... <laughs> I don't know, it's a cross between a high-security prison and a loony bin, isn't it? Yeah, but, I mean, let's be honest, um, Daleks don't really have a very solid concept of care, do they? So, in this intensive care ward is all the Daleks that survived the Doctor. Yeah. Now, going back to what you said earlier, Yeah. I was going to ask you this at the time, but it's yeah. more appropriate. Is there any recognisable Dalek in here? That had survived a famous story against the Doctor. Um, I wasn't paying close attention to the models. I'm not well versed enough in classic Who that I can immediately look at a Dalek and be like, "Oh, that's a 1973 right. okay. Dalek." Film. But having said that, Oswin in that moment she she kind of reels off a list of uh, various planets. Um, every single one of those is a reference to a classic Dalek story. Mm-hmm. I think there was one or two I maybe recognised. Yeah, I can't. I, I didn't write down the list to, uh, to to bring it up later or anything, but uh, but yeah, I, I, I that certainly there were quite a few that rang, rang bells with me. I was like, oh yeah, that's that Pertwee one, isn't it? And, and uh, yeah, so all the Daleks wake up as the Doctor moves towards the door mm-hmm. into the room where Oswin is, but that door is locked. Yeah. So the only way for the Doctor to enter that room is. Oswin, who we've seen sort of hack the Dalek systems earlier, hacks yeah. into the path web and deletes all information of the Doctor. Mm-hmm. So the Daleks at this point have no point of reference as to who the Doctor is. Yeah, that's an interesting little wrinkle. But then this is 
where I found it a bit weird because that also mm-hmm. includes the Daleks that are on the ship. Mm-hmm. But then those Daleks are sort of just sort of stood waiting for him to come back. <laughs> so what do they think is going on? <laughs> like, well, who knows? Is how it just she like re- how I've she got a rewrote feeling it? A man's going to come, but I, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you who he is or what he's doing. Well. I was under the impression that they were just going to assume that whoever they sent down for that mission would just blow up anyway. Mm. They were basically thinking of it as a suicide mission. Right. And, like, you know, the Doctor was kind of left to his own devices as to how he was going to weasel out of it. Um, but, uh, yeah. I don't know. There is still a point later on where they don't know who he is but don't immediately try to exterminate him, which... Mm. So, this allows the Doctor to enter the room where Osman is. And, surprise of surprises, she is a full Dalek. Yeah. And as I say, whether you see the twist coming or not, I think the, 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 the music, the editing, the vibe of that reveal, I still find really effective. Mm. Like, it, it just... It's it's a real kind of just your heart sinks to the pit of your stomach, because um, yeah, that's what a horrible thing to be, eh? Yeah, but like I say, going back to the beginning, the mm. like opening is all about how this girl is a Dalek, mm. and then straight away it's like, oh, here's another girl. Don't ask any questions, but. I just feel it was pretty telegraphed. Maybe, maybe, but she's a Dalek in a in a very different way because it's you know it's it's a complete top to bottom conversion. But she still has her humanity. Well, it's okay because well, it's not being taken yet because it's necessary. She's fight. Part. She she's fighting against it mm. basically. Is the thing because what the way the doctor explains it is. The nanogenes have basically recognised her sort of superior intelligence. She 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 rather smugly refers to how much of a genius she is at various points uh, in in the story mm. in in a somewhat doctor esque fashion. Um, and so yeah, the the Dalek the nanogenes recognised that and were like, oh, we can probably exploit her more effectively if we don't just do the the basic scoop out her insides and uh, stick a, a, you know, a bit of Dalek tech in her, but actually do a full conversion. So we're never, we never, we're never shown the inside of that Dalek. Mm. So we don't know physically exactly what has happened to her. That's right. One dreads to think, (laughs) Um, but I don't feel like, She's not a Dalek in the same way that a regular Dalek is. It's not a Khaled mutant inside there, I mm. don't think. It's going to be some kind of horrible, mangled, human hybrid thing. Yeah. That's quite dark, isn't quite, it? Quite <laughs> for, a, for a kid's show. <laughs> so, um, with, yeah. with her like last act of humanity, she frees mm-hmm. the Doctor... Yeah. Allows him to leave, so he runs to freedom. Yeah. Uh, Amy and Rory have a little before, smooch. Before, before that, uh, or around this point, you know, when she's doing that, she says to him, 
run, you clever boy, and remember, and then conspicuously looks at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you picked up on that, but it definitely happens. Um. So, yeah. So, Amy and Rory share a smooch. Mm-hmm. The Doctor starts the teleporter, and he says he's pretty good with teleporters because it takes him straight into the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Uh, at which point he steps out onto the Dalek ship and none of them remember him. Yeah. And they all start chanting Doctor Who. Yeah. That's going to get really annoying this series, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm saying nothing. Right. I mean, it was fine where it was like the big reveal, but if Mm. every episode's going to be that, I'm not It would wear thin, wouldn't it? It would wear thin. Um, so not, not an auspicious start to the series for you then? No. Well, we have got the final scene, which is just back on earth. Amy and Rory make friends and go home together. Yeah. But it's just, again, it's just, I don't need to re, re, retread what, what I feel about that. But yeah. Now yeah. I, I feel quite a lot of the good work of last series, which wasn't my favorite series mm-hmm. is undone a little bit here. Yeah. Um, Can I give you some advice for approaching the rest of the series? Go on. Just pretend that storyline didn't happen. Really? Yeah. For your own sanity. Why? Because they're just best friends from now on. Amy and Rory. Yeah. We're just... We are back to as things were. uh, Honestly. And that somehow makes it even worse. But yeah, it's just not referenced again. They're just back to being the same dynamic that we had in Series 6. So if you enjoyed that dynamic, stick with it. The show does. And this is just some insane, weird brain fart that came out of Moffat's head. Mm. And we all have to just put up with. Great. And uh, so, yeah. Like I say, I really tried to look on the bright side with this episode. Because every other aspect of it, I really like... Mm. But yeah, the the that emotional core of it, the Amy Rory stuff, I, I it's it's not good. No, like I say, I, not the best episode we've watched this yeah. fortnight. Let's put it like that. Yeah, but hey, next week, dinosaurs on a spaceship. Is is that the episode title? That is the episode title. Dinosaurs on a spaceship. Right. That I mean, and that is a title. I'm, I'm, that's... I'm worried I'm going to be bitterly disappointed. <sighs> It promises a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. With a title like that. It certainly promises a lot. So uh, join us next week and let's see if it, uh, if it lives up to that promise or not. Until then, thank you ever so much for listening and cheerio. Goodbye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.